Hey humans, uh, welcome to something new. Uh, as you will know by the time this is out, uh, Uppercut now has a Patreon, which means we also have a Patreon exclusive bonus show called Cool Down, where we will be pretty much doing whatever the fuck we want. Um, Palin Around is awesome and we love it, but it's kind of a more serious show except for when we get off the rails. Um, but we wanted a, another show to kind of get to talk about goofy stuff or do deeper dives into games that we all have taken an interest in or have a lot of feelings about or, you know, whatever other dumb bullshit we come up with down the road. So that's what the show is going to be. And to kick us off, we are going to talk about a game and do a deep dive into After Party because all of us have played it and have thoughts on it and i really wanted to talk about it because i am the only person in the world who liked it so um yeah so i'm caitlin obviously joining me is uh one half of the cursed mark ruffalo fan club one jessica cogswell hiya we're also joined of course by the lovely kayla hello and returning to uppercut podcasting realm one Chris Compendio. All right, what are we all drinking? We're here at the after party. Uh, drink of choice. What are we? Get, what are y'all getting? I was not expecting the after party to take place at eight twenty three in the morning. <laughs> so <laughs> I am uh, drinking in the first few moments of uh, being awake. Mm. <laughs> Wise choice. Just is drinking in the early morning sunlight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I'm like I... sitting like a gremlin in my computer chair in the dark. So I wish I wish that we had, were doing this at night so that <laughs> drinking would be less sad, but yeah, I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> yep. Spike that shit. These would be great names <laughs> for like if there was a heaven part of this game, if they had like specially named drinks in the heaven bars. Mm. There are some interesting drinks in hell. Yeah. There are some interesting There's drinks. There's a lot in of hell. weird drinks, yeah. So I guess to start Because this isn't, like, I guess this is kind of a spoiler cast, but I also just, like, really wanted to talk about, like, the game and our reactions in general, just because, like, a lot of people have found this game to be pretty disappointing from what I've seen, and I know, like, Chris kind of felt that way. So, I guess to start, let's talk about who's played Oxenfree. I know I have played Oxenfree through to the end, at least once, and I started the second playthrough. I have not... Okay. Yeah, I I only played a little bit, so I just started playing it before After Party came out, but I haven't finished it or anything, so. Yeah, I started it, and then I uh, kind of went back, I, I kind of like went back and forth um, into it, and a friend of mine, uh, shout out to Morgan, really, really loves Oxenfree and kept like insisting that I finish that game, so I kind of plowed through the entire second half of that game in like one night. By the way, late at night, great time to play oxen free especially yeah (laughs) it's a little bit spooky um so did you like oxen free chris i did it it had a um it it definitely had a tone you know and it it had it felt like very Mm -hmm. um you know almost stephen king is king-esque in a way like um you know your your teenagers on on an island and kind of like solving this mystery while you're also kind of going all through all your personal baggage. Um, so mm-hmm. it, in terms of like kind of capturing that tone, it, it 
it did that in a way that I've never seen a video game do that before. Yeah. I liked the tone aspect of it. I didn't like the game as much as a lot of people do. I know Oxenfree is kind of a darling for a lot of people. Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I think it does really interesting... Um, it has interesting ideas that I don't think were executed on as well as they could have been. Right. Um, which is fair, because, I mean, it was, like, night school's first game, mm-hmm. so, like, you know, they're still figuring shit out, whatever, and it was very, like, ambitious and interesting. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of visual fuckery going on that I really appreciated in that. Yeah. I think my main thing with Oxenfree was, like, I liked the spooky mystery, like, ARG elements of it, and I liked the interpersonal stories, but I don't think that they meshed well together. Interesting. Like, it it kind of felt like two separate things were happening, and they didn't quite gel together. Chris, like, what were your... Did you have expectations for After Party based on Oxenfree? A little bit. I mean, I... um So... I, I tried that after party demo at PAX East, like while I was still in the midst of my Oxen Free demo. So it was like, oh, this. So I'm, I should expect like kind of the same conversational style. Um, and, you know, I, I, I only played through Oxen Free once. I started the second playthrough, but I just, I was just like too shooken up to continue the second playthrough. Um, but mm-hmm. there were, there, I was curious about a lot of the different ways that story could go depending on how you kind of manage your relationships with everyone. And I was, I had expectations that after party would be a little like that, especially since it's focused on this one relationship between two people. Um, but in, in terms of like, you know, just from what I saw of after party uh, early on, it, it seemed to have like the same graphical style while going with a totally different artistic style a, a totally a total change in scenery so i was like okay so they're they're branching out to different genres like i think that can work really well for them is basically what i was expecting okay and then so we all played the pax east demo of after party so jess and kayla what were your all's like experiences with the demo and kind of your expectations based on it so I guess when I played the demo, the first thing that stood out to me and the thing that uh, made me want to play the demo of this game in the first place is the art is incredible. Um, and while I was playing the demo, that was the, that was the big thing that I took away from it. It's just like the art was great. The music was, was at that point, it was just kind of uh, one bar track on a loop. Um, so like it was a little hard to say like overall how the music was going to be, but seemed good. Um, you know, the conversation or I guess the dialogue seemed conversational, which was pretty cool. Um, and I assumed the bit of the game that I was playing was going to be like kind of a small portion of something that was much bigger and did interesting things. And I think I, I don't want to, cause I found, I see, I can't talk. <laughs> I feel like this is going to sound like I'm negative on the game, which is not the case. I actually, I did like the game. Um, but the demo to me was a lot more reflective of the actual game as a whole. Once it was completely finished and I played the whole thing and I wasn't super stoked on that. Cause I kind of expected more. Interesting. Okay. Kayla, what about you? Yeah. Um, I, I love the demo, and again, this was before I had played any of Oxenfree or anything, so the whole idea of the like conversation and everything was really cool. Um, 
I I had this complaint when I played the demo and I thought this was going to be like something they were going to build on and they didn't. But uh you know, immediately you get to pick your alcohol and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool. You get your alcohol choice or whatever." But I didn't feel like there was any like consequences. Like you could literally just like spam the alcohol choice and that was it. Like you were just like talking differently in a different way with the alcohol that you cho- like you chose and I was like, "Oh, maybe further in the game there's going to be like consequences like with the choice you made or whatever i also in the demo i played beer pong and when i played both times like at home i didn't play beer pong in that first room um, oh really yeah no i didn't what because <laughs> i've but well because both times i've played i've tried to not play beer pong and i haven't been able to do it oh i i got the guy kicked out of the bar yeah, see, I haven't Both been able. Times. I've tried to get him kicked out, and I haven't I asked been you specifically, able to do Caitlin, it. Can you please try this out for me? <laughs> yeah, I've tried it both times, and I haven't succeeded either time. Yeah, I did it both times because I'm like a little asshole. So, That's so was, funny. was that with the, with the help of alcohol? Oh, sorry, alcohol is what they call it. Yes, <laughs> like I literally, whenever I was drunk, I chose the alcohol choice all the time. I didn't choose any other choice the entire game. Wow. Yeah. Hey guys, so well, welcome play... to my uh, all alcohol uh, playthrough of After Party. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> well, because that's what I thought. Like the part of the game was right was to, like use the alcohol to make your choices and talk different ways. But I didn't feel like there was any like <clears throat> weight on those. Like you know, if you picked the like the angry one, like maybe you got kicked out of the bar because you said something stupid or like. You know, things like that. Um, but but yeah, I thought maybe there was gonna be more mini games from the PAX demo because mm-hmm. it was like immediately like beer pong and whatever else. But there there wasn't as many as I had anticipated, but that didn't like negatively and like impact the game for me because I do I did like the conversation and um moving around the space. But that was like my impression of the game. Yeah. So I think both of those are interesting because so I had the opposite experience of Jess, where, like, when we did the demo for the party, I thought that that was going to kind of be, like, I didn't expect this to be as long as it was, honestly. Um, so when we did the demo, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. We're going to do this, and then we're going to have to do, like, one or two things, and then we're going to try to outdrink Satan, and there's going to be some kind of complication, and then it'll be over. So the game actually ended up being a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, which is partially a complaint for me only because I didn't like having to, like, go to the mansion only to find out that you can't do it, like, multiple times. I thought that was really annoying, and I wish they had found a better narrative way to handle that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the alcohol stuff is weird because, like, by and large, yeah, it doesn't matter. But, like, there's weird instances where it does. like. Um, when I was playing through again last night, um, with the beer pong thing, like, if you lose, but if you're drunk and you have the liquid courage drink, you can just talk mad shit. So even if you lose, they still invite you up. Um, Mm, because they're like, oh, you talk. Yeah, they're like, oh, you talk so much shit. Like, it's really funny. Like, I like you come up even if you lose the beer pong game. So, like, in that instance, it mattered. And then, like, in my first playthrough, there was at one point where it was, like, it wasn't the alcohol itself mattered, but, like, you just had to be drunk to Mm -hmm. do something. 
and like so then it mattered but like it it's unfortunate that it didn't have a bigger impact on stuff but well especially because you had drinks that like did such very specific things and there were people who and like you could tell that they were tied into people in the area like when you went up Mm -hmm. to the one bar where there was like this pirate couple fighting inside the bar you can order a pirate drink or like a drink that makes you talk like a pirate and i was like oh maybe i have to talk to these people now like maybe there's something to do here and it's like you can't talk to them anymore um you know, and so yeah. there was it was just things like that. Or even when you're doing the uh, the stuff with the the demon lawyer, like one of the drinks that you can order is like I, I want a, like a gangster voice or, or so, something like some voice kind of like that. Or like there was a, an uppity voice, too. Um, and you can order these various drinks and like they change a little bit of the dialogue options, but they don't seem to un, like, you know, open up any significant pathway. Um, yeah. So I just feel like I completely agree with Kayla. Like there was no weight in the drinking it wasn't like solving a puzzle like oh i need to talk to these people to get them to do this thing for me but in order to talk like them or to to talk to them i have to talk like them there was none of that really um and there wasn't any consequences for over drinking or not drinking or drinking the wrong thing so yeah i am intrigued i almost want to do a playthrough and see if i can like not drink at all and see if there's like an sober playthrough Yeah, well, because, like, technically you never have to drink, I don't think. You do have to, uh, like, the, the drunk guy at the beginning who, like, mistakes Milo for someone, like, you do have to yell. Oh, yeah, you yeah. do have to do it then, and then there is, and I don't know if it would change if you made a different choice, because, like, for me, when I did the Asmodeus thing, um, there was a part where you have to jump off a balcony, and the only way that you can <laughs> get the idea to jump off the balcony is to be drunk. Right. Um, so, but, yeah, I would like to see if there's a way to, like, do the game with the exception of the parts where you have to drink like i wonder if there's like an achievement or something i could probably just look that up honestly mm-hmm. um but yeah it's weird i don't know um another thing since we're talking about like major mechanics of the game that we felt weren't implemented well i feel like this is something to tack on I didn't think the social media really was implemented well at all and that was kind yeah. of a bummer for me it just kind of like there was just so many just re- regurgitated, like, I guess, tweets, basically. I forget what it's called. It was a bicker. Yeah, bicker is what they call it. Yeah. Um, That just, like, popped up. And it was, like, it, it didn't really serve much of a purpose. Like, I get it as far as, like, oh, we found this ad. So now we can go see, like, either Linda or um, I forget the other name. Like, Fila, I think, right? Fella. A fella. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do that pathway. Actually, I want to go through and play it again and do it. Um, But, yeah, it's, like, you have you – have I guess the social media there to like help you find the jobs. Um, But other than that, I don't know. It just didn't really seem like it was done in a way that was meaningful or, or like smart or I don't know, or like helped you in the game. I kind of liked the social media just because I feel like they captured the way Twitter actually feels of like, it's just kind of constantly in the background. And like most of the stuff's on there is like useless and like stupid, but like Mm. sometimes there's something that's like meaningful or that like is helpful to you um so i don't know like i the game would have been fine without it but i didn't think it was like detrimental i guess i just was kind of like yeah this is kind of the mood of social media being perfectly honest Mm -hmm. i think i just found it frustrating because you know kind of like you know jess you mentioned like the pirate couple or whoever like like other things you can't interact with like everything just felt like set dressing to me and it was frustrating because there were so many aspects um, of this world that I was interested in. And I felt like these were kind of 
like the beginnings of, of world building, but it just never really amounts to anything. And uh and I I kinda get what like Baker was for. It it was um you know, it, it was kind of like a not so subtle jab at social media for just being like a total shade zone because I think you you like receive tweets or whatever the hell they're called, um, like ones that are directed towards you, you know. Yeah. If, if you're like cutting in line and you go you get like social media posts or like who are who are these assholes cutting in line? Um but you know, again, like it it's it was so frustrating because you know, unlike Oxenfree, it's just the kids on the islands. Like, um, after party is supposed to be like a living and breathing world, and it just all kind of seemed like I understand. Like, game development is hard. It's hard to like to you know really make like a a living world like when you're an indie developer. But uh, it just all kind mm-hmm. of came across as smoke and mirrors to me. I guess. Mm-hmm. I think that there's like if they would have implemented the social media like with the personal nightmare or whatever the personal um demon yeah it's personal nightmare right personal demon I think. personal yeah. demon yeah. personal demon uh, oh yeah that makes a lot more sense <laughs> sorry it's early um but the personal if they would have been like because like my whole thing is making you too insecure also I got I set you guys up with social media accounts I feel like that would have been kind of a funnier way to kind of incorporate that. And it would have been yeah. like still tongue in cheek, but like a little bit more intentional. I don't know. So that that would have been something that I would have wanted to see. Um, and then as far as what Chris is saying, something else that I think might have been an issue is the game already kind of ran a little bit not so great. And so mm. I feel like if they would have yeah. populated the world even more so and added more dialogue and just more and more and more, because um, I thought the same thing. I was like, this seems kind of empty um but it was fine like i get it and i think that if they would have added more uh i don't know if the game would have been able to to work (laughs) yeah see i think it's so wild that y'all didn't feel the world felt like populated because i thought it felt like such a real space like i even had a note from last night when i was playing hold on let me pull it up um no that's not right (laughs) um let's see here i have one that yeah I have, like, I really like that hell feels like its own world and that people all have lives. Because, um, like, to me, like, I think having, like, I think maybe the presentation of Bicker was kind of not great just because, like, it's constantly, like, just showing up on your screen. Mm-hmm. Um, But that was kind of part of the cool thing to me was, like, you don't have to interact with any of the, like, tweets or whatever the fuck we're calling them. Like, you could just walk by and see them or not. Like, I ended up not reading, like, half of them. And again, that felt like a real social media experience to me of, like, not giving a shit about what most people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, too, like, I don't know, it just felt like everywhere you went, like, people were, like, doing their own shit and living their own lives and kind of not treating you like a video game protagonist. Like, so many people were just kind of like, fuck off. I don't want to talk to you. Like, I'm doing my own shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I did yeah. like that, <laughs> which is, like, a weird thing to say. <laughs> I guess to clarify what I meant, like it it does feel populated, but it feels this is gonna sound stupid because it's a video game, of course it is, but it it felt artificial in like a kind of um like you're you're kind of going through like it's a small world or like some sort of like animatronic mm. sort of deal. Like it it it's it failed to come across as organic to me. I think I get what you mean. Yeah, I think that was one of my things with After Party that I was a little bit worried about with the demo was, like, the way that they talk yes. kind of <laughs> felt like it was skirting the edge of, like, that very 
edgy monster prom humor. Yup. Um, and I don't think they were as bad as monster prom. I don't like monster prom because of that shit. I'm so glad that you brought that up, Caitlin. Cause for a while I was like, this remind me of it's, it's exactly it's monster, prom, but it was not as bad as monster prom. I completely yeah, agree. I've, it, it flirts with it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite get there. So I was like, okay. And I, that was one of my major concerns after the demo. I remember, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was talking to somebody about that. And I was like, I'm, like, worried about that. And I think the game manages to, like, get away from that enough that I didn't, like, dislike it. But, yeah, some of the conversations, like, I'm like, this writing is good, but it's not, like, a conversation that people would be having. Well, and, like, that was something that I even talked to you about um, when you and I were just kind of going back and forth about kind of our our thoughts on the game, because we both beat it within, like, 24, 48 hours of each other. Um, Mm. And, uh... I said that the dialogue to me, it seemed like at the expense of having like actual characterization, they just went with witticisms. And like, cause like there are times when like Milo would say stuff and I'm like, aren't you supposed to be kind of like insecure? Like, you know, you want to go to these things to be part of the club. And you know what I mean? And like sometimes the dialogue was just so like, I don't know, like the characters to me didn't really come through as like, oh, I get what like you're trying to be and I get what you're trying to be until the whole fight between them happened. Because like sometimes they would just say stuff and it it seemed like anybody in the game could say this. It was just like a way to deliver this funny line. I kind of wish there was a maybe some sort of system or it's kind of keeping track of the personality traits of each character because there there comes like a crossing point for like, um, you know, I guess this is like spoiler territory, like you they get into a spat and you play as one of the two characters depending on kind of how you've been managing the relationship and um you know maybe like the drinks could have been involved in this like maybe drinking more liquid courage and like you like utilizing those dialogue options would have made milo a little more confident maybe that could have been like quantified uh, mm-hmm. i don't think oxenfree necessarily did that but one thing one interesting thing they did was like whenever there is a moment between two characters and say it was like a positive or like a negative interaction, you see like a little thought bubble with the other characters face on it. And it's kind of like indicating like on like how their feelings on that person has changed. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I would have it was loved very that subtle. in this game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, cause yeah, like, cause that's how I kind of felt is like, I don't know exactly like who these people are. I don't know like what their relationship is exactly. And I do have to say, once you get into the later game, that completely changes. I'm like, okay, I have a total grasp on like what Lola is about. They kind of flirted with it at the beginning of like, do you see yourself as a mother or like a CEO? You know, and I went with with the CEO thing. And like, you can kind of tell like, okay, she's like one of those types of women. You know what I mean? And like with with Milo, you can kind of see that with his insecurities and like how he kind of wants to be a part of that, but it doesn't really come through. And then they start kind of butting heads just randomly. And I'm like, okay, where is this tension coming from? And like, it's it's totally normal to be playing a game and there to be tension and for you to not know. I'm not going to be like, I wish that it was explained because like I liked finding it out. Um, but it just seemed to me like it could there could have been better character development, especially towards the beginning of the game. Yeah, I think the thing with it is like, it's a criticism and also something I like about it is I feel like a lot of the characterization of the relationship between Milo and Lola is very subtle, especially at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And not in a, like, you guys weren't smart enough to pick up on it way, but just, like, I think they were trying to go for not bashing you over the head with it, and I think they didn't go far enough, Mm. honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's a middle ground between what they did and, like, what they were going for. Um, 
like honestly i would have been achieved i would have loved to be like left in the dark as to like how the relationship like what the issues were until it came about but at the same time i feel like we could have seen like just like their attitudes towards one another be a little bit different because it didn't seem like anything was happening in their lives other than you know being dead <laughs> at the beginning like well, so so the thing that the thing for me i guess is like the tension comes like mary war sister mary warwood basically starts alluding to the tension after the first review right mm-hmm. because she starts making cracks about whoever's plan you went with she starts making cracks to the other one about like oh you just follow them around or whatever mm-hmm. which kind of like it it's again it's a thing where it it's I was talking to Chris about this earlier. It feels like in this game, there's paths that are more canon than others. Or like, and I guess a better way of putting it is like, there are paths that feel like they make more sense within the story based on what the story is presenting. And one of those is in the first scene, whenever, when you're learning about the drinking mechanic um, at the fake college party, like Lola says for the first time, like the thing about, if Milo drinks, I drink. If Milo doesn't drink, I don't drink. Mm. And she's always the one who says that. She says it a couple times in the game, and it's always Lola who says it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you play through, like, the game following Milo, that kind of makes sense because it alludes to the fact that, like, oh, Lola just kind of, like, follows Milo around dealing, like, dealing with his bullshit and cleaning up his messes. Whereas it's weird to have Lola say, like, oh, yeah, I drink if he drinks. I don't drink if he doesn't drink. And then you get into the review and Sister Mary Wormhorn is like, oh, Milo, you're just following Lola around. Like, especially because in that first scene, I feel like there is a lot of characterization of like, Milo is the one who wants to go to the party and wants to talk to people. And Lola's the one who's like, I don't give a shit about this. I'm just here for you. And so like, yeah, it kind of feels like they wanted to give you choices, but the choices that they came up with don't feel like they match the characters a lot see and what's funny is i played the whole game basically like lola as my dominant person and like i went after the split i was with lola um and so like i don't know it's interesting i kind of want to play it the other way now just to compare it um because like i didn't really necessarily feel that way i felt like following lola still made sense to me um because it kind of seemed like to me the whole following around thing was more you know lola obviously she wants to move she wants to go you know start doing different things and kind of break away from her hometown um whereas milo kind of hangs on to the past is kind of what it seemed like they were alluding to so for me it kind of seemed like milo doesn't want you to leave milo wants you to stay and so she's more like nope i don't want to be i i want to do my own thing want to do my own thing and milo kind of was like the lost puppy following her around that's interesting because i felt differently on both of my playthroughs like I kept getting the idea of like Milo was the one who was like like obviously Milo was stuck but like Lola was like the mad one about it like Lola was like why aren't you like like doing things with me like why aren't mm-hmm. you coming with me and like why are you staying like kind of like fussing at him for having to stay and like not making his own choices See, and that brings up... Oh, sorry. Um, Who did y'all get on your first playthrough, like, when it came to that split road between the two characters? I got Milo. Me too. Lola. Yeah, I got Milo. 
So I'm the only one who had Lola. That's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know what I was gonna say is I think that's kind of the the best thing about like dialogue and story driven games, and it's kind of the reason why I like them so much. Is um, so much of our experience with those types of games is the projections that we put onto them. You know, like yeah, we could have, sure. I think that all of us could have the same dialogue and after party go through the same sequence of events. And we would still at the end be able to say like, oh yeah, I felt like this character felt this way because that's kind of like based off of like our experiences with people and how we feel about things. I think we're going to have very different things to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my main sticking point with it was just like, yeah, I felt it was like, to me, Lola felt like the person who was kind of taking care of Milo and also wanted to use that as an excuse to not have to take responsibility for her own shit. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was my main thing. And, like, so that, like, again, my main sticking point was just that she's the one who always talks about their deal. And, like, I think that's interesting yeah. through the lens of all of our readings. Um, but, yeah, it's just... I And I think that's why I liked this game so much. Because it's messy as fuck, but, like, we all had different interpretations of what happened and there's so much possibility to what can happen that like, I think it's just really, really interesting and cool in that way. And in a way that like Oxenfree wasn't, I feel. Someone might have to help me fill in the gaps of like kind of the relationship because the, kind of the, the main conflict I feel was like one of them was kind of, it, it, to me it was kind of a story about two very close friends, two platonic friends who were, at risk of growing apart as they were moving on with their lives. Um, I forget who was contemplating moving where, uh, whether it was Milo. So Lola is moving across the country mm-hmm. to live with her dad. Yeah. And Milo is staying where they live to help his mom with her business. Right. And it's kind of alluded to uh, Lola's moving East Coast. Milo, I, like, I guess the, the game definitely takes place West Coast because even at the end... Um, if you get the the thing where they go back to living, uh, like they have a whole conversation like, oh, how do I know what time it is? And, you know, Lola's like, just add three hours and that's what time it is where I am. Yeah. So, which as somebody who lives in California and talks to East Coast people constantly, I know the add three hours. I like look at clocks and do that now. Um, I think the thing, oh, the thing I was trying to say before though too is like, I feel like the game tries to tell you the tension starting at that first review because it goes into, like, Sister Mary Wormhorn makes fun of whoever is the quote-unquote follower. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's supposed to be, like, leaning into the fact that, like, there are tensions in this relationship as far as, like, who's the sidekick, essentially, right? Or, like... um. And I think both of them have, like, these insecurities that make it so either one could be the sidekick. Um, Because, like, clearly, like, yeah. Lola's, like, not super social and doesn't really care about it, but, like, cares that other people care. And Milo is, like, clearly wants to be part of the in-crowd and stuff, but is, like, kind of weird and awkward. Um, And so I think the game does a good job with that. But, yeah, like, the tension, I feel like, is, like, alluded to. But then afterwards, because you can have the option to yell at the other person, like, don't listen to her, it doesn't matter, whatever, like, and then just kind of keep going as if nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no build up, I feel, until, like, the kind of bigger plot points get revealed. Yes. Um, I completely agree with that. Which sucks, because I think it would have been cool if, like, after the first one, 
you do the whole like, oh, don't listen to her. It doesn't matter. Then after the second one, like maybe you start to see some more like doubt creeping in and like how they talk to each other mm-hmm. and how they interact and that kind of thing. Well, it's like even with the first scene with um, Milo, when he's talking about his like his dad is kind of the relationship that. Uh, why can I not remember her name right now? Um, the personal demon. Sister Mary Wormhorn. Yes, Wormhorn. Uh, Wormhorn. It's <laughs> a weird thing to say. Uh, when she's kind of going over Milo's dad's relationship and kind of like that toxic masculinity he puts on him and mm-hmm. and and all of that. Um, at one point, like at the end, Lola can be like, "Don't listen." Like it's he's stupid anyway, or he seems like a jerk or something like that. And mm-hmm. Milo is like, "He's not a jerk," and like he kind of sticks up for his dad. And I was like, "Ooh, I like this." Like I like kind of because that is kind of your natural reaction, right? Like I. You know, even my mom, my mom can be a really difficult person and do crappy things. But the second that somebody else says something, you're like, wait, no, she's not like that. She's great. <laughs> you know, and it's that kind of, I don't know. And so I, I liked that. And I was like, ooh, this adds some tension because like, you know, here's Lola trying to support him and he's kind of pushing the hand back a little bit. Yeah, I wish that there had been more too, especially because like the parts where you have to make choices um, later on, like. Like, because you have to make the choice, right, of, like, we need to get, um, we need to get an invitation into the party. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do it? And, like, they frame it as, like, Milo's idea is to go to Linda. Uh, Lola wants to do Fella. And you're like, okay. So then once you pick, there's still, like, a Milo-Lola choice within those situations, too. Mm-hmm. And I wish that those conversations had been a little bit more tense. Um, cause like I played the fella route last night and there's like two people that you can choose to talk to, to try to figure out like, who's the imposter. And, um, Lola wants to pick one. Milo wants to pick the other. And like, it basically comes down to Lola's like, Milo's like, we could split up. And Lola's like, no, we're not splitting up. Let's just choose. I think it should be this. You think it should be that. What do you want to do? And I feel like there should have been like a little bit more tension there because i don't know when i think i'm right about something i'm a bitch about it so yeah. i'm like yeah I which think, i realize is not the case for everyone but no i i think that there could have been more tension sprinkled throughout the game for sure and like that's kind of i think what i mean by i i just i wanted there to be more solid characters i wanted the choices to feel more like there was an actual tug you know what i mean like it, i i wanted to feel kind of the struggle between the two of them because like we've all I think everybody's kind of been in a friendship like this where you're friends with somebody for so long um that you just have all that history and and you know that that changes like a relationship dynamic and I wanted to feel that more even if I didn't know everything that happened to them and I thought that the way that they alluded to like you know oh like when you did that talent show and blah 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 like that that stuff's good you know what I mean because it's like I don't need to know exactly what happened but I need to feel like you guys had this whole life um so I don't know, but I just I wanted more tension. I wanted to feel what they were going through a little bit more. Would it have helped at all if they were because I, I was so confused. Uh, like every time the game has you switch between the characters and like I don't even know who I'm playing as until I start moving the analog stick. Mm-hmm. Um, so like all of the, the the switching was all scripted. So I'm I'm curious if you if you all think that it might have helped or it maybe it would have like been a detriment to the writer's vision um if you were able to choose who you are like during like most of the situations that were going on in the game if that makes sense like choosing between milo or lola to play as 
I I think I liked the the automatic switching because mm-hmm. yeah, I think I that I too. I would have been stuck in a rut where I probably just would have played the whole time or most right. of the time. I also think it like plays off because of that like fight because you get that point where it's like only one of you has free will and it's mm-hmm. like oh shit I can't oh, go back and okay. forth I can't make mm-hmm. yeah. decisions with the other character like this is weird now because I'm just playing one of them. What's so funny is like the switching is so subtle though that I remember I was like, oh my god, did I just get like Bioshocked or something? And I was like thinking about it like, have I ever controlled Milo? <laughs> like, like I was, and then I was like, wait, no, I have. I've made them, but like it took me a second. I was like, wow, did they really do that? And I didn't notice. <laughs> Would you kindly yeah. drink this drink? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that's not the case. You do play as whoever you don't, you know, end up controlling at that point. But it did throw me for a second, and I thought it was actually like really clever good twist to be honest Mm -hmm. yeah i think that like i think i when the first review happened the first time i played it i was like what the fuck is this and (laughs) then when it got to the split and they did the whole free will thing i was like oh shit Mm -hmm. okay and like that's the thing about after party is like i think like the alcohol choices don't matter but i like that the actual in-game choices do matter mm-hmm. um and like i'm really intrigued to see what happens with the lawyer thing because i'm gonna try to do it differently this time and not send roberto or whatever the fuck his name was to hell yeah oh, um man. that whole <laughs> and so because yeah well because like like jess and i played the game largely the same except for the fact that she had the lola thing but we got totally different endings on our first playthroughs um and like i just think it's really cool because i feel like that's such a big complaint with like the choice based games especially like the telltale style shit of like nothing matters like the choices yeah it feels like the choices don't actually matter but like and even in something like until dawn like really all it ends up mattering is like who dies but like this like you can really 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 change how things end up just based on like one or two choices Mm mm-hmm yeah, I just kept thinking about like how every Telltale game begins with the phrases like the game adapts to your choices or like is, is tailored to your the, your style of play and um you know every Telltale game like at the end they'll be like oh this percentage of players chose this well like you know the rest of them went that route um and the interesting thing that like the I'm playing through the the last season of The Walking Dead but at at the end of every episode. They give like an adjective to describe like what what is like going through the minds of every characters and like what kind of personality trait they kind of ended up with by the end of that episode. So I guess like my other question to everyone here is like what if if they like quantified or like visualized like where the characters were at, like if there was like say like a a meter or a spectrum that would like go between like Milo and Lola, like who's kind of like the dominant friend here. Uh, like again, would would that have like helped you make decisions? Would that be like a better playing experience, or would that still like kind of detriment like whatever vision they might have had for this game? I don't like the idea of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I liked that I didn't really know what was happening until it happened. Right. Um, cause I think that's kind of like, I feel like it plays better into interpersonal relationships, right? Like you don't necessarily think like I'm the alpha friend in this relationship. Um, 
until like something comes up that maybe makes you think like oh maybe i'm being like the domineering one or whatever you know um and i think like it kind of felt nice to just be able to make those choices and see like where the cards fell as opposed to like if there was some kind of meter like that i feel like it would have influenced my choices a lot more and i would have had a really different experience right. with it but it'll still influence your decisions in your second playthrough though right in a way yeah yeah, but I mean, like, in my mind, my first playthrough is going to be my canon playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, yeah, but I like the other, like, the, the thing, too, is, like, with my second playthrough, I'm just making choices that I didn't make the first time. Yeah, that's what I did. But it's not, like, you know, it's not showing me, like, the Mila Lola meter of who's right, right or whatever or how mm-hmm. it's going to play out. Like, I still yeah. have no idea what's going to happen based yeah. on these choices that I made. Mm-hmm. I had a, um, there was a weird technical thing. I think it was, like, one of the first times they argued about that whole moving away fiasco. And they they had that whole extended conversation. And then an hour or two later in the the game, something, some strange glitch happens because they had the exact same conversation. That's weird, too. That was so strange. I never had that. to me, too, yeah. Mm. Um, But no, I was going to talking about the meter thing uh because i think it's kind of an interesting question and i think that if you had asked me that at the beginning of this podcast i don't know like maybe not thinking so much inside the game i guess you know what i mean like is like once you podcast like or you're talking about it you kind of think a little bit more and you're like okay maybe like in your opinions kind of change a little bit but i think that at the beginning of this i probably would have been like oh yeah like maybe that would have been a cool tool and now i'm like Hmm, actually, maybe not. Um, and I do think that we get something kind of similar to that in the recaps that Wormheart I hate I hate I stumble over that name. <laughs> Wormhorn <laughs> um does after you do like a section of the game, which are actually one of my favorite things about that game. Like I think that honestly, she's just one of my favorite things about that game because like she really like kind of gets her hooks in there. Um yeah. Like, but so whenever she kind of goes over the choices that you made, like she kind of alludes to like which one of them is kind of running the show. It's like, oh yeah, you like you went with Linda, even though she was the easier choice because you know you guys do. Yeah, I, I don't know. She she just she says certain things and like kind of makes you reconsider things. Or like you know, uh, Lola was super anti sending Roberto to hell, and like even after you make that choice, she's like, I feel really really bad about what we just did, you know, and warm her I, I hate saying it. it's like a word that i can't say uh personal nightmare or personal, personal demon deep. lady <laughs> um she you know kind of brings that up she's just like oh yeah like you know that was like a really crappy thing to do i can't believe you guys just damned somebody because you wanted to get out of here that bad like um so I don't know. I I think that the recaps at the end of each section kind of deliver that, but not necessarily in a way, like a quantified way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. I think, too, I think the reactions to the choices, going back to the characterization for a second, I think that's actually where a lot of the characterization really shines through. Because mm-hmm. um, every time you do something, if you do something that's like, quote unquote, bad, like... Lola is always the one who feels, like, so guilty about it. And Milo is, like, always the one who kind of tries to, like, rationalize it. Um, and it's just really interesting. Um, 
But yeah, Sister Mary Wormhorn is a very good character. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, any of y'all make friends with her? Yes. No, I didn't. I did. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. And it's really good, IMO. Um, I was so sad when I found out that she only had live at that one point when like Satan kind of does like when they get into the fight and Satan's there and he he says that to her and I was like oh man like that's actually like kind of a bummer I feel bad yeah that was another thing that made me feel like hell was like a place mm-hmm. was like like the fact that just like with that one line you all of a sudden know so much more about the social structure of hell mm-hmm. I, and, like, I agree with that and like that stuff was so cool to me of like knowing like there's the um the nephilim or whatever the fuck it's called um with like lucifer and all the other fallen angels and then there's just like the standard demons and then there's like the personal demons who are like second class citizens basically mm-hmm. um and you get all of that literally through like five lines of dialogue maybe like throughout the whole game but like you have such a sense for what that society is like um especially to like talking about like with sam where she's talking about the circles versus the islands and stuff like mm-hmm. that like uh i like the world building a lot yeah no one of my favorite things about the game and one thing that i can say like without me being like but I didn't like this. Like, I, I really loved all the Fallen Angels. I loved all their personalities, like, their relationships and, like, the stuff that they had gone through felt very, like, real. Um, And I really liked kind of, I guess, like, the hell cast system down there and, like, the history behind that. Like, I don't think that, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say that the game to me has, like, a lore problem or, like, uh, anything like that. I feel like at times... You know, I did, I did mention this. The environments to me didn't necessarily feel completely full, but I don't think that, that's not even something that I want to like, I don't know. I hate saying like dock points off of like, that's, that's not something that I'm like upset by because I get, this is an indie game. This is their second game. Um, the game already had some kind of issues handling everything that was in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm fine with it. It's cool. Um, but it didn't feel necessarily like lush and alive. But it's also hell, so hey, it's not supposed to feel alive, right? <laughs> it was like it, it was yeah. most like it, from a conceptual basis, there were a lot of things I dug about how their depiction of hell. I think a lot of it was just a presentational mm-hmm. issue, and it wasn't yes. even necessarily the um, technical issues. It was just like when they were choosing to play their cards. So, like for example, I think they played the Satan card a little too early, because um, like. You know, that's kind of a figure. Like, what do you that's mean? kind of like a figure you want to like, kind of shroud with mystique, and then like the plot twist is like, oh, he's just a bro. He's just a dude. Uh, in <laughs> fact, not only is he he is he a dude, he's a dude who like has problems and probably needs help. Um, and there was something about like they were setting up like this whole this whole coup subplot, where like I think it was a lawyer who like there there was like mumblings that she was going to like try to overthrow him, and then at the end, it's just like, oh. This is an intervention. Like, Satan, you are partying too hard. And everything just seemed to come, like, way too soon. And uh, everything just felt less impactful in a way. I don't know if you felt the same. Oh, I felt the complete opposite, to be honest. I did, too. I thought it was fantastic. Like, that was another, I thought it was a great twist. And, like, there are two times in that game where, like, I genuinely felt like shit, like, in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, where a game like man like i feel bad doing this and the two times were the thing with roberto like i felt really bad about that um 
And then the other time was like the whole time you're just like, cause you're thinking like, I really want to like, I want to get out of here. I, you know, I, I want to have a life, but the whole time you're doing that, it's like, once again, the choice I'm making is at the expense of like the health, happiness and life of all of these people. You know what I mean? Like there's this whole family drama that's playing out before you and you're just like, let's play beer pong, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you did know, and like else um, forfeit. Yeah, I did. I went through with it. I, I, I got out. It. Yeah. Me too. Okay. I'm a bad I person. I forfeited because I suck at that fucking game. Um, <laughs> I replayed it like, which I think, I think it was so cool. The like, the way that if you lose, like he just keeps letting you try again mm. because he so desperately doesn't want to deal with his own bullshit right. that he's like willing to like keep letting you play until you win because he wants to just stay in the fantasy. And I was like, this is such good characterization. Mm-hmm. Like I realize it's also a game mechanic, but like this is so fucking cool. And this conveys so much more about Satan in this moment than like anything previously has. Mm-hmm. And like I did forfeit because I was like, I'm sick of this fucking game. Um, <laughs> Stacking, right? Stacking game. Yeah, yeah, and I wanted to see what would happen too. Yeah. So I forfeited and I stayed in hell. Mm-hmm. Um and I liked that ending a lot. Um, Me too. I said, did you guys bring Sam with you to the end? I yes. Did, yes. Because I thought the fact that Sam didn't play was also really cool. Well, so the yeah. shitty part of my first playthrough is that I brought Sam and Polly. Because, like, I was like, I was like, all right, cool. Let me bring the two, like, deep, like, the whatever they are, you know, like, his siblings. Like, that's going to be awesome. And then both of them wouldn't play because it was an intervention. So it was just me. It was just us two and playing (laughs) as a team of four. So we just lost every, like, we lost the beer pong and everything. And that's why I was like, at this point, I was like, I'm just forfeiting. Like, like. (laughs) We're just going to keep yeah, losing. Exactly but then when we got to, to you know, the end, right, like I, I actually did was like, no, I'm going to forfeit. Like you, you need you need help, my dude. I brought the drunk guy from the very beginning. Uh, that's like the because there was a bottom of the barrel achievements where like if you, that's the last possible guy you can choose. Yes, I also uh, brought the drunk guy. And he that was- dude, <laughs> that dude killed a beer pong. That dude is my wingman, even though he had. No oh, my God. Really? Him. He missed Every shot for me. Every single one for me. That is wild. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I was wondering because, like, at first I was like, oh man, like, maybe I thought I'd talk myself over because I kept saying no to all the options, thinking like it would cycle back around and I'd get to pick somebody. And then you get to the end, it's like, well, I guess we're bringing the drunk demon we first met. And I was like, okay, let's go. And then the like the little trophy popped too. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, But no, I took him and I took Sam and we got there and Sam's like, I'm sitting out. And then the drunk demon missed every single <laughs> shot. And I'm like, man, maybe if you get him, like he purposely sab- like or like he he just sucks. You know what I mean? And like, that's, that's so just weird. so yeah, it's interesting that he made your shots because I thought that he was just supposed to be something in there. Like, why did you pick this guy? He sucks. <laughs> yeah, I... I got completely wrecked. No, like I felt for Sam like so much i had a lot of people like on twitter who were like oh sam's character was like whatever but i Sam's character really, ruled she's my favorite one i love especially at the end like when she does for because you're like okay dude like satan has done so much to you like he has not been great to you as like a sibling and she's still like the the sister who's like no like you know i deserve this like i'm not gonna play like 
I deserved everything, whatever. And it just like I felt for her so bad. And I was just like, <laughs> Sam. I don't know do how something. you could play that game and not love Sam. Sam was an awesome character. Like that's just baffling Who to me. I saying that. Well, and I just, like, Who are these people? There is no there was no character in this game that I was like, you're bad. Yeah, like, I agree. Every single character, especially like the the siblings, were so good, which I thought was so cool because like most of them you get a really, really limited amount of time with them. Mm-hmm. Like you only get to talk to Polly for that one mission with the um trial, and then you're moving on to the party and like um i can't remember her name but the one who's linda's agent like you only get to talk to her like twice during that Mm -hmm. but you get so much about them just from like their behavior and the way they talk to you and the way they interact and like i feel like they did such a good job my thing that i liked so much about after party was that like it's not about being a bad person um and it's not about like why milo and lola are in hell like you never even find out why they go to hell or at least i didn't yeah i didn't either no i didn't either yeah (laughs) yeah and i think it's because it's not about that um and i think they do such a good job of showing that like hell is not necessarily like quote-unquote like the bad place right it's just like a lot of people are just normal and like everybody has like weird gray areas and like the angels do such a good job of showing that and even in like the first scene where you're getting processed and the one girl is being she's in hell for using the express lane at the grocery store too much <laughs> yeah like and i just I, I thought it was such a good job of showing like how morally ambiguous everything is and how like like the demons aren't like these awful monsters they're all basically just like people with a fuck ton of supernatural power and that's what that's what baffles me about someone saying that they don't like sam is to sam in that game i don't know the game's like i don't I, like it's just like fundamental to like the overall concept it's trying to like get to you you know what i mean because like sam is mm-hmm. she's the first person when you're on a, one of the taxi rides who you know somebody's like oh so satan's evil right like and she's kind of like well no not really he just like represents deviation you know and they kind of are like oh you're defending satan and i guess i mean you find out later like satan's her brother so like to a certain extent yes but at the same time like She's not, she's just trying to say like the world's not black and white, you know, like it's, it's not that simple. And she continuously does that throughout the whole game. You know, she's the one who's kind of focused on like, hey, make sure you guys aren't just like thinking about the future and what you're going to do when you get back up there. And like, you know, like just, just like kind of live in the now and not like this, like, you know, hippie, like be in the moment kind of way. It's just like, she's very genuine about it. Like, and you have so many people, and this is something that I, I talked to Caitlin about too. Like you have, uh, you know, Satan, who's very much kind of like living in the past and kind of dealing with trauma and and going about things in a kind of a negative way. You have uh, Asmodeus and Beth and stuff like that, who also kind of in the past dealing with all this stuff. Like I feel like a lot of the fallen angels kind of living very much in the past, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Lola and Milo who are so hyper- on like getting out like and and just getting to the future and getting to real life and you know to a certain extent you have lola who's even more about that who just wants to get out who wants to do her own thing spread her wings um and sam is really the only person in the whole game who's like accepted things and is content in her station and like is happy to a certain extent you know like life's not perfect there's things that like maybe she regrets or you know she wishes were different but like for the most part she's accepting of everything 
you know, mm-hmm. and she kind of preaches that message onto them. And so it, it's like I said, it's just wild to me that someone wouldn't like her because yeah. she's kind of like the moral backbone of that game. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's so cool because like she is the moral backbone while also like not being a very moral person. And like mm-hmm. I like that it shows that she struggles consistently with being the person who didn't choose a side. Yeah. And you can feel that in her character and even like and the intervention, like she won't play the drinking game with you, but she's not the one being like like she's at the intervention, but she's not the one who planned it. She's basically just there as like moral support. She's not really like pushing Kayla Luke to like She's a Libra. Is I was about to say, is Sam a Libra? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe Sam's that's why I love her so much. Cause like I am <laughs> like like I I feel the same way. Besides, like I, I just yeah i just really love too that like like based off what you were saying jess like the one thing that i thought of while you were saying it is like this game does such a good job of showing that hell is real life like not in like a ooh everything's terrible way but just in the fact that like you have the demons who are stuck in the past who are dealing with it through unhealthy coping mechanisms like partying too much and shit like with luke and um asmodeus and beth and then you have the ones who are like trying to look to the future and trying to make hell be like a functioning society mm-hmm. like um Apollyon, Polly and yeah. and the other guy whose name I can't remember um and like then you have people like Sam who are like just chilling or like cool with whatever and are kind of just like uh there's a lot going on there's a lot of tension here um and like that's why I really liked the ending where you don't escape um because escape to me kind of felt like it felt like Milo and Lola are, like, fantasizing about escape, making everything in their lives better. Like, they can go back and, like, have things be okay, even though they clearly have all these issues. Whereas, like, by staying in hell, they kind of have to, like, reconcile, like, with each other and themselves and, like, figure out what they want to do and who they want to be. And Milo, like, thrives in mm-hmm. that situation. Um, and so does Lola and like everybody's happy and chill and like things are better and they even talk about like Satan goes to rehab and like he falls off the wagon but like he's trying and like things have gotten better since he started trying even if it's not perfect. No that was when when you told me your ending um, because I got the ending where they they went back to earth like or not but you know what I mean they they go back to Mm. their living lives Um, and you told me your ending and I was just like Man, I like your ending a lot more because even though mine seems like the good ending, it didn't feel necessarily good. And it wasn't like I, I don't think the game tries to like punish you or whatever. It, it's not like the game being like, oh, you chose like the selfish ending or whatever. Because um, like, I guess you could you could see that ending and you could be like, this is a good thing. Like they're they're both doing their thing. My, uh, you know, Milo is working at I think he's like working at a magic shop um, and the drunk demon is with him and Sam and Lola both moved to like the East Coast and they're doing their own thing and she's working at um, like a political I don't she's 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 doing she's doing something in politics I don't know but and she's really funny yeah so like that's what they're doing and and her and Sam are are over there um, and it's kind of funny because they both have these demons now who followed them into the world Um, (laughs) and so like it's good it's a good ending but you told me to me, that one just seems so much more like poetic, I guess, because it's like Cathartic. that's life, right? It's like we make all of these plans, and you know, we think like life won't be good unless all of these things happen to me, you know, like unless I'm I'm aiming for all of these things. But it's the stuff that happens that you don't plan for, like that sometimes can be the best thing that happens to you. It's the stuff that you don't necessarily want to happen. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know. And it's cool that after party has that sort of option where you stumble into something that's actually great for you. Right. I had that yeah. I had that um escape ending. And the reason why that one resonated with me, even though like, you know, like the, the whole demons being there with you, like it just kind of made the whole thing come across as a gag. But to me the game was about like the whole idea of them kind of moving apart from each other and like the the ending was cathartic to me because you know they kind of they accepted it and they were able to work with it and that's just something where like i was projecting my own experiences with like my personal best friend of like having to be like physically apart but still trying to like uh manage a maintain healthy relationship um so I think the reason why all the, the, the family drama at the end didn't resonate with me is because I just didn't feel like it was their story. Um, and I think that's why I liked mm -hmm. it, though, is, like, I, I had a note again last night of, like, I think the reason that I liked After Party so much and so much more than Oxenfree is, like, Oxenfree is a very zoomed-in story, right? Like, you are... Like, if you're a camera, you are right over their shoulder mm -hmm. the whole time. And there is a lot of that, like, interpersonal, like, it's all relationship dynamics. Yeah. Like, it's all, um, I don't remember her name, but, like, the main character's relationships with her stepbrother, with her friend, like, with her brother's ex, like, with her brother. Um, whereas, like, After Party is about milo and lola but it's not about them and like i like how their stuff was like not dug into so far that you could get into the demon stuff too and see like oh there's bigger shit afoot and it's not necessarily like the coup of hell it is the like literally the king of hell has a drinking problem and is like letting hell go to shit and like this is a society like not in the Joker way, but like I was say we live in society. <laughs> no one said a thing. <laughs> but like you know what I mean. Like like I think it did such a good job of showing like here are these two characters who you're meant to like in theory be focusing on, but now we're going to unfold the world in such a way that you can see that like everybody has a life and everybody has these problems and like what do you do when the person in power is fucking it up and like yeah. is having these issues that they're not dealing with and like how do the people that are close to them deal with it like how do you know like the citizens deal with it and how do you as like these people who have come in and become observers like how do you deal with it and i thought that was like super super good in the intervention scene because it's so uncomfortable because like satan is trying so hard to get you to just go along with the game and like you can object or you cannot object and mm -hmm. i kind of had like a 50 50 where i was like I don't know, man, like, I guess, but this seems like maybe you should chill. And then finally it got to the point where I was like, no, I'm forfeiting. Like, I'm not doing this. You need to get your shit together. Kayla, do you want to hear the most Libra ass shit, though? Speaking of our, our brief mention of astrology. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Whenever it got to the point when you were playing the game with Satan, I literally felt so awkward and torn. I set my controller down to choices. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I like set it down, and I was just like, "Uh, uh." I don't want to encourage this, but at the same time, I don't want to be here anymore. What a Libra thing to do! But you I still know. got out. Yeah, yeah. And then I think too, I liked the staying in hell ending because I feel like with the I haven't seen the ending where they escape, 
but it kind of feels like through that ending they kind of get the chance to just be like shrug okay we're going our separate ways and like not having to really deal with their issues um because I really liked the part and really resonated with the part where they talk about how they're just kind of friends through like um like coincidence coincidence or like convenience um because I had a friendship like that for a long time that actually ended this year um and I really, really resonated with that, and I think they did a good job of, like, breadcrumbing that as far as, like, talking about, like, oh, we got paired together when we were in preschool because no one else picked us. Um, And I feel like with the escape ending, they kind of just get to be like, all right, see ya. Whereas, like, in the one where they stay, they have to kind of, like, continue dealing with each other and, like, figuring their shit out and deciding, like, if they still want to be friends or not. So I guess it's nice in in that, like, those different endings kind of... um serve different people depending on what you were more invested in because i i felt there was a lot of value in the relationship which is why i appreciated my ending i guess but then again that's the only ending i've had so far so yeah well and the funny thing about the staying in hell ending is like right at the end sam shows up and she's like hey i found another loophole that doesn't involve drinking y'all want to try it and they just look at each other and both of them are like oh my god yes um so, like, I liked, it was funny, and it was also, like, because it is still hell. Like, <laughs> I like that they're still saying, like, yeah, this still sucks. Like, you are technically thriving, but, like, it's hell. They're going so, to like, get tortured. You can figure out... <laughs> yeah, so it's, like, like I like that it was, like, a balance of being, like, yeah, you can stay, like, like, what Jess was saying, of, like, you can stumble into something that is actually better for you, but at the same time, it's still hell. So, like, if there is another way to get out that doesn't encourage Satan's drinking problem, like... Yeah, let's try it. Uh, Jess, you—I think—did you tweet about the good place? Oh yeah, I did. (laughs) Yeah, it—it made me think. Uh, like, like the the three main things I like compare this to in my head were, um, the good place, um, the Pixar movie Coco, and the World's End. Uh, the good place being Mm. because like it's. You know, there's there's like this whole question of like, oh, why do I belong here? What did I do? Um, Coco, because, you know, Coco is very much based on like the real Day of the Dead, um, you know, traditions. But it's also like story wise, it is like a journey to like a place to do something like with a person to like try to escape, you know, the afterlife. And then the world's end is like, OK, there's all this crazy stuff happening, but it's ultimately about like a friendship between two people. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the good place reference came from the fact that, like, yeah, it's like the whole thing is like, why am I here? I'm not that bad of a person. I need to get out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and like you just realizing that like everything isn't quite the way that you like would imagine the afterlife to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that that kind of it seemed like a similarity. Um, and I think the big thing like. And this is just a personal preference. You know what I mean? We talked at the very beginning of this podcast about how uh, After Party kind of flirts with that monster prom dialogue and like that kind of like crass, like vulgar, um, mean humor. And to me, like one of the things that makes um, like The Good Place so great is the humor is like they manage to have like this really dark humor without it ever like going to that place. You know what I mean? And like, I I get why After Party like chose the kind of humor that they did, um, but like I'm always going to be someone who I like kind of more of like that good pl- the good place humor. Um, but I get it, you know, and that's just a personal preference. There was something, type thing. There was something like like Adult Swim ish about the the style of humor. It, felt, it kind of felt like yes. a 
like a Matt Groening, Groening I don't know, uh, the Simpsons Futurama right. guy, um, like kind of that style of comedy. Because like Futurama, you know, you are in the future. It is like a totally different world, but it is still analogous to present day because they have to make pop culture jokes and like you know relatable jokes to like make sense to the audience and that's kind of like what after party tried to do with hell it's like oh it, it, this is hell but you know there's still like a social hierarchy there are still bars there's still a party culture mm-hmm. there is still social media and i'm wondering like i i don't know none of the actual jokes like nothing really got anything more than like a hearty chuckle from me i guess so i'm not really sure if that style worked with me and what's funny is actually i would say like i i see what you mean matt Gr- kind of shows but i would say i think that it was more almost like south park and sometimes like in some points and like i don't like south park so yeah, like and i think that's kind of better. something that like <laughs> Like, like, but I love Futurama. So, like, if I would have seen more yeah. of, like, that Futurama, like, style comedy, I probably would have been more. And, like, I was – it's not that I wasn't into it. Like, I, I agree with Caitlin. It flirted with that line of being too South Park, too, like, monster prom, too crass for me. Um, but I never feel like it, like, dove off into it. You walked into but, a yeah. demon orgy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But it just, like, to me, like – I think I get what you mean about the South Park thing. I don't like it just because, like, fuck South Park. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I get what you mean. And I think, to me, the reason it didn't come off that badly was because there was, like, true substance beneath it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was like, I, like, do I think they had maybe done it a little differently tone-wise? Like, yes. Yes, I do. But... I was really, really concerned about it going in, and the further I got in, the more I was like, "Okay, like this isn't that bad." Like they they back off a little bit, I think, later on in the game, because like they kind of go full force with that at the beginning, and like that makes sense. You want people to laugh, you want people to be into it. It's not my, but I could. There's a lot of people who'd probably be into it, Um, but they back off a little bit as the story kind of takes over. Well, and I think they do it too, is kind of like a red herring of like trying to like take you off guard of what's actually going on yeah yeah Yeah, because i mean you could totally go into that game just thinking it's gonna be funny yeah like i thought it was gonna be a lot more of like a raunchy romp Mm. thing than what it actually ended up being which is maybe why i enjoyed it so much Mm -hmm. yeah that is like if we're gonna continue the analogy like futurama like definitely has a lot of like sentiment and emotion behind all the humor like south park is just just totally nihilistic and yeah, sinistic, like, yeah it's nihilistic like, centric bullshit. Yeah, and um, I, I think my problem was that um, the actual jokes, like on a technical standpoint, like just and like from like a textual standpoint, just didn't really make me laugh. Like the, whenever you um, went to the bar to get a drink, uh, it, there would always be like some sort of like there would be a scene before, like just like with randos like at the bar and like maybe like uh like a bit of a funny conversation or like some sort of exchange and the bartender was like can you get out of here i got people to serve um and that happens every single time you try to get a drink and to me that was just kind of like a waste of time i was like i just didn't find any of that dialogue funny at all i couldn't even like like recall to like recite any of those exchanges to you because i just don't remember any of them yeah i was okay with it like a couple times but yeah i think they did it too often well, which is like a, a waste too, because like w- one of the most fun things about going to a bar when you're, you know, I don't know, 
I was about to say when you're an adult, but it's like I've been an adult for a while. I don't even know why I'm. When I was a kid in, in the that bar, makes it sound it was, like uh, I'm like 21 and like yeah. going to the bar. Yeah, just, adult. I think you're the, like the oldest. I, out am. Of <laughs> I am the oldest. What's funny is like I was always like the youngest out of my friend group for such a long time, and now I'm like kind of one of the older ones, but I still have like baby syndrome. Where like I like imagine I'm like no, all my friends are older than me, and then I'm just like nope, I like I'm just I'm kind of a baby. Anyway, but um, like, that's one of the things about like going to a bar in real life um, is like when you go up there and there's kind of like an interaction happening and like kind of getting to chuckle at that. But so like the bartender just like shutting it down and be like, I got to serve people um, kind of ruins like that immersion. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of fun to like be sitting there like, oh, like maybe ordering something while this is happening or maybe even chime in. You know, like I feel like that could have made things seem a little bit more real, I guess. Did y'all like the voice acting in this game? <laughs> you know, I have to say something. Um, whenever I got to Alana Pierce being the DJ, I only heard Alana Pierce. It was weird. Oh, right. Yeah. Was she the DJ? She was yes. the DJ. And like, as soon as I got there, I'm like, that's Alana. Like, and, like I just like it, it, it threw uh, me off because it was just her normal voice. Wow. I'm a dumb bitch. I didn't even register that it was her. <laughs> oh, no, that's like all I heard. I was like, like it just the whole time I was like, I tell this is Alana. I was like. Big, you're talking about like with Asmodeus, right? Yeah, the DJ there. Yeah. Okay, so I 100% tuned the DJ out. Like I was trying so hard to figure out like what the fuck I was gonna do because I was super torn between like just doing the dance off and trying to get him back with his wife. Mm-hmm. That I was like, I just completely tuned the DJ out, so I could like I could you could have been like the DJ didn't talk, and I'd be like that sounds right. <laughs> No, like, I feel bad because I don't want to, like, bash on her voice acting or anything like that. But, like, to me, like, that was – I liked, like, pretty much all of the voice acting. But I got to the DJ part and, like, just the whole time I was like, this is just Alana talking. I don't know. I kind of felt that way about, like, you know, even, like, the the less – I don't know if I'm using the word celebrity, but, like, you know, the – there was something, and I felt this way about Oxenfree too, about the voice performances, where they all, I don't know if it's like a voice direction thing or a sound mixing thing, but it just doesn't match with the situation. It doesn't match with the world. Like, it, it's not, um, I don't feel convinced when I'm listening to these characters speak. It feels like they're all kind of talking in, in a vacuum or like, or more accurately, mm. just talking in a recording booth, you know? Like, it feels like they're just delivering mm. the lines and I feel like and it's deliberate with some of the characters because the demons don't sound like, you know, what you would expect demons to sound like. They just sound like normal dudes. But because they still look horrifying and demonic, there was just something that was lost with me there. And I'm wondering if anyone felt similarly or the total opposite. I'm going to guess the opposite because that's the trend here. I, I didn't feel that as much. I get why you would, though. Like, I, I can understand that. I think the biggest thing for me with the the dialogue and i don't know if this was part of the direction or or what um was there's like a lot of stammering and sometimes the stammering was like really awkward and it's like i get you're trying to be conversational milo would say something and be like uh lola um so um so lola i was thinking (laughs) and i was like like why no this like even, even i stammer and repeat words sometimes in a sentence but it just it felt a little awkward and I, I i get it was supposed to be conversational i get that but it was a little 
it was so conversational it felt fake at points right again maybe it was so awkward because milo is so awkward but it was every character though it wasn't even just milo but lala did it at times too and like like every character did it i think the demons didn't really it was more like milo lola i think sam repeated herself sometimes um but i don't know it was it was just kind of a little weird but something that like bugged me that i wish didn't happen is like if you like walked too fast and got to the like let's say i was going to sam's like boat and Sam was like telling me a story and I got to the boat, she would stop telling me the story and be like, let's go. And like, wouldn't yeah. come back to it. Wouldn't be like, so anyway, I was telling you this, like that never happened. So like, I felt like I kept missing out on things because I'm not going to just like sit around and like, wait. Yeah, that was frustrating, especially because like with other characters talking, if there's an interruption, they'll keep talking after. Yep. But it never happened with sam it was always like once you get to the taxi she just cuts off that conversation yeah no that's one of the things i noticed and also um you it's the same way with like random dialogue in the open world i guess like i I, and it got to the point where like stand around sometimes it's like well i don't want to miss this and like certain people if you walk away from them they just stop so i uh, option free had similar problems um and it's like i i I do like the more built into oxen free though mm. like the interruptions and stuff felt like they were more intentional in oxen free right. versus this like it just kind of felt like um maybe some programming limitations exactly and i i think it's it's interesting to have like a dialogue system that is like dependent on that it's like all happening in, in it's not like a pre-rendered cutscene or something like that like it, it they're yeah, trying to make it it's like diegetic yeah they're trying to make the um, the timing and everything uh, organic, but you know there are going to be like you can't make that perfect. That's really hard to do, especially if you're an indie team with only so many resources. So there were times where like you know not even interrupting, like the opposite would happen to me sometimes, where there were just like really unnatural pauses in between people speaking. Um, mm-hmm. I had, I had a really thing. really bad glitch that happened my first playthrough, <clears throat> and it was like when I was about to play Satan. And I had brought Polly and Sam with me where, like, I had ran forward too much and they were walking behind me to where I started the interaction with Satan, but they didn't, like, meet up with me and, like, run back ahead. So they weren't even in the screen, but they kept talking. And then other characters would talk over them because they weren't in the room. So they were, like, there was, like, too much going on and I had to, like, stop my game and, like, load, like load up and run in again slowly because it was so like i was like i don't know what's going on and like i couldn't like i think the only one who was in the frame was like lola but i was playing as milo so milo would like have a pause to say something but i didn't see the options on the screen (laughs) because he wasn't in the room and i was like what what the fuck is happening (laughs) yeah it had a few instances like that it was it was it was something hey everyone got any straight up game like game crashes well, Chris heard me last night. Um, I was I so the save point system in this game kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, and so I had started a new playthrough like a couple days ago, and then I went to restart it and it wasn't there. So I had to restart again. And then when I did during that first fake party scene, there's the part where Milo and Lola are sitting on the couch and like the entire party kept going around them. 
but their dialogue never triggered and I couldn't move them. <laughs> it's really so hell. I just had to... Yeah, and I was like screaming in the voice <laughs> chat while Chris was on there. So Chris just heard me losing my mind. So I had to like reload it. And then luckily it had saved it that time. And so I reloaded and it wasn't broken that time. But yeah. I, I told Caitlin this, but my, my, I stopped my second playthrough because um, I got to the first bar on my second playthrough. Um, and I was trying to experiment a little more. I was deliberately doing, like, the other dialogue option, um, just to, like, see what would happen. And, like, I got to points where when you had to tell that drunk demon off, I tried not doing the drunk option, but it just kept on going until I eventually had that option. Yeah, um, you have to do it. Yeah, and so I, I tried to do the thing where you go up into the party, if you try to go upstairs without playing beer pong, and I was like, oh, they telegraph that whole oh distract the the bouncer with like those two guys on the left side um so i was like okay i probably need to drink to like get me the good option to get me up there because that's what the game is like kind of hinting at and i got i went to the bar and he said like what are you having it takes me to the drink menu and i cannot move the cursor i'm stuck the audio is going on like the game is still going on but i cannot move the cursor i cannot hit any of the face buttons i hit options i quit i go back to the um save file and then it has me do that whole conversation again um where i like meet the serial murderer guy and uh, the drunk guy which is annoying because that's like five whole minutes and then i get to the bar again he says what are you having same thing i can't move not only that, I can no longer hit options to get me to the start menu. Oh no. I turned the game off and I was like, Jeez. I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> and I was like, oh, every time I boot up my PS4, there is a new firmware update for After Party. But hearing Caitlin have that nightmare story last night made me think, huh, I guess they just still haven't figured this out yet. Um, yeah, well, and I'm playing on Game Pass too, mm -hmm. so I don't know if that like impacts it at all, but... Probably um, not. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer for sure that it doesn't run very well. Uh, yeah, that, and that yeah, it's. I was just gonna agree. I was just gonna say, yeah. yeah, it's. It was kind of a bummer for me too. The taxi, they, they really. Uh, I don't know. Like that, that was one of the weirdest things for me. Is like I had this whole like, probably fifteen second just silence on the taxi at one point, and like I was oh. like, maybe it's like this, and then like all this. So, anyways, and I'm just like, I, I just didn't understand. I don't know. It was. It was weird. This yeah. The, I never had silence on the taxi, but that was where it, like, ran the worst for me, usually, was, like, it just would chug so fucking hard during the taxi scenes. Is that meant yeah. to be, like, a, like a substitute thing. for a loading screen? That whole, like, River sticks. I kind of think so. Uh. Like, I'm not a game doctor, <laughs> so I don't know, but... Don't that's, what I, that's what I took it as. Yeah. <laughs> in game yes in um yeah but that's what i took it as um oxen free definitely had lo long loading time screens i'm just uh i'm wondering did you like the segmented nature of hell or like i guess caitlin since you play oxen free did you like it was like one big island like a big map i liked it because they like kind of exp like they put it into the context of the game mm -hmm. right that like there's the part of hell that's actual hell where people are tortured and shit, but, like, that's not, like, where the people are. 
Um, and I liked that it was kind of couched in that idea of like, hey, you have one night of just seeing hell kind of how it is normally before you get sent off to the fuckery. Um, and yeah, I liked, I liked that it was like, cause I thought it blended in well too with the idea of like them having social strata and stuff too. Here are the different cultural districts of hell. <laughs> yeah. Like I liked that they literally do have like a university district <laughs> and like a bar district and like a kind of a fancy schmancy like here's where the lawyers and the businesses and stuff are. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think that both work for the stories they're in. Like I think Oxenfree being one big island works for Oxenfree and I think hell being kind of segmented and like divided into city districts works for like what after party is going for yeah um because oxenfree definitely had like like there were climbing sections like not that these were like intense gameplay segments but um yeah, there was verticality like to it shit. yeah <laughs> um and you know like after party it's just you, you go left and you go right um like mm-hmm. not that that's a bad thing but i just thought that was a stark contrast yeah i like it i just like because because oxenfree is kind of about the exploration right like it's about like you're on the spooky island and like you're trying to figure shit out and you're trying to figure out where to go and so like i think the like verticality and platforming stuff made sense Mm -hmm. for that whereas this is like literally like you're just walking around a city bro like you're just trying to figure shit out like yeah and so i thought that that worked for it um after party yeah after party (laughs) after party do y'all have other stuff you want to talk about before we wrap? I think I'm good. I think we yeah. we talked pretty in depth about this. Did everybody um send uh Roberto or whatever to hell their first playthrough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I did. I mean, I I didn't not send them the second time either because I was like, I don't know. Like, I, f- I felt like I had to, to, like, continue on with the story, so I just didn't know if anybody made that, like, different choice. Yeah, I'm gonna try to not send him to hell in this current save that I have and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious about the way the game teaches you about some of the mini games because um, the first time I did the stacking mini game was when I was playing against the lawyer. And I had no clue what this game was. Like, I felt like the game just didn't yeah. tell me what to do. So I, I just lost, but she still gave me the seal anyway, because <laughs> I guess I'm cool. Yeah. Um, well, and so that's the, that's, I think that's something that's kind of cool and nice about it mm-hmm. is like, so you learn the stacking game if you do the other route instead of Linda. Oh, yeah. Um, but that means you didn't learn the dancing minigame then, right? If you, that means what? Because the Linda one teaches you the dancing minigame. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So you don't. And I like. I like that okay. a lot. I think it's cool that it's another consequence of your choices. <laughs> is that right. depending on where you go, you experience different things, Wait. and therefore you have different skills at the end. When you went with Fella, you learned how to play the stacking game. Uh huh. When? Because I didn't. I did it when I was talking to some guy in that bar. Oh, it was because you didn't talk to Greg. I talked oh, to Greg. Oh, yeah. No, I never you talked, talked to Greg. To... Yeah. Another yeah, branching to... path in the branching path. <laughs> it's so good! Um, I love After Party so much. Um, 
I, yeah, if you talk to Greg, the whole thing is you have to get him drunk to get him to tell you what's going on. And so he's like, I'm going to dip unless you guys want to play a drinking game. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'll play a drinking game with you. And it's the stacking game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I see that's so cool. I love that even though we pick the same branch because we pick different things, you don't do it or you do. And there's consequences. Mm-hmm. Ah! After party is really good. I, <laughs> I, I think this conversation is really important as a reminder that like, you know, all of our feelings are valid, even though like we projected different things from our own experiences into the story and like things different things resonated with us and i think that's really cool Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and i think it's i i I feel like it shows that like like y'all don't have to love after party the way that i love after party for it to be like yeah it triggered a really interesting conversation and that's like worth something you know yeah and like i had a lot of like you know critiques about it but i still love the game and i still played it again because i liked it i liked the like banter and the dialogue between the two characters and i liked the world and there was like like some things that i wanted more of but it was still a really great game so yeah, i agree with kayla i feel like um i i didn't i don't know i didn't dislike the game there are just things that like i I feel, I feel like even saying i didn't dislike it makes it seem like i i was like side which isn't even true i thought it was a good game i had fun with it yeah. um but yeah, there's there's just definitely some issues. Like it's one of those types of games where like I can play it and I'm like, oh yeah, I totally see why people would pick this apart because like there are there are flaws. But overall, I had a good experience. I want to play it again. Yeah. Um. I I wish that like if I go back to my old save file, I'll be able to like choose whatever chapter just to kind mm-hmm. of play around with those choices. But like instead, you know, you have to start a whole new playthrough because when you go um, back to the you 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 cannot do that. Yeah um you yeah because when i go back to that old save file it just takes me back to um me about to have like the final drink off with satan um mm-hmm. and i, I yeah, find it, i found that yeah. out last time <laughs> i find it really interesting that like like the ending depends on what you do there it's not like it's dependent on like all these factors it's not like there's an algorithm like that's been running for the entire game it's just like from what you learn, like, as a person, as a player playing the game, what should you do out of, like, the, I guess the three decisions are, uh, like, two decisions? I don't know. Because um, the, 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 um, the trophy seemed to imply that you don't have to forfeit, you can just straight up lose, I think? Um, I don't know. I'd have to figure out, because he doesn't want to let you lose. Right. Um, yeah, I guess I, I maybe you have to keep losing. I have no clue. Well, I wonder because there's multiple dialogue options before the actual game where you can be like, no, fuck this, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if you did that a bunch, if maybe you could piss him off enough to the point where he would actually let you lose. Yeah, maybe that's the worst ending, perhaps. But, um, but regardless, I, I just think it's interesting because, like, I thought back to Mass Effect 3 where, like, it is kind of like, oh, you just make this big decision at the very end and, like, your previous decisions don't count towards this. But, like, there's something that's a lot more personal about After Party that I think it just makes more sense with that ending. Yeah, well, and I think I liked that. I feel like your decisions, like, impact the scenario leading up to it enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because, like, there's the whole reveal. There's the Roberto reveal, right? Of, like, that was such a hard, shitty choice to have to make. Mm -hmm. And then finding out that, like, it was okay to trust Polly and to do that was really cool. 
And, like, that influenced my decision more of being, like, they literally went through the trouble of sending an innocent man to hell Mm -hmm. so that he could help Satan's intervention. Yeah. Well, and it makes, like, what you do at the intervention meaningful because it's, like, if, like, you don't help out and, like, actually kind of become a part of the intervention and help, you know, kind of curb the drinking problem, it's, like, not only are you, like, screwing over all of these people and, like, hell and ruining this, like, family dynamic and stuff, you also just, like, sent this dude to hell to, like, help out with this and now you're turning no your back reason. on it. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what I mean. Like, like the, the, the ending is not so much decided from, like, a technical mathematical standpoint, but just from a purely a personal and psychological one. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Like, I... I think yeah. it's so dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good game. Good game. I, I wanted to like it better, but I'm I'm glad that we are getting this much out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the very least, it's a game that I think allows a lot of reflection and uh, conversation to happen, which is important. I hope they get to make another one of these. Like, I would love to see them like i don't know drinking in hell is such a um weird turn from whatever oxen free was and it's just like what what can they possibly think of next you know Mm. Mm -hmm. i'm like really um interested to see how oxen free like ends now that i've like listened to y'all talk about it (laughs) yeah and oxen free is another interesting one because like its second playthrough is like canon um whereas like after party like you know it's interesting to see the different choices or whatever but like your second playthrough will be like it like a second playthrough of after party is basically like a totally different story right mm-hmm. whereas like in oxen free you are supposed to play it again and it like is impacted by the first playthrough interesting um yeah so it's it's cool in that way. For it sure. is a canon new game plus, which I have never seen before. <laughs> it's so weird and kind of cool. Yeah. Night School is cool. I hope that they get to make something else after this. I, I think they will. Um, and I, I agree. They're, I, I want to see what they continue on to do. Also, you know what I will say since we're wrapping up? And um, this is going to come out, obviously, later really matter but shout out to okay beast right now because i checked twitter real quick and they have been streaming their extra live stream for one hour and they have a goal of two thousand dollars and they are halfway there nice they have made a thousand dollars in one hour (laughs) yeah so when this comes out congrats y'all yeah out of you (laughs) seriously like i just saw that and like okay beast they're just a bunch of fantastic people so shout out to them totally um all right well so that was our first episode of cooldown um if you want to hear more cool shit like this where we get to just sit down for like we've been on the phone for like two hours but yeah seriously <laughs> this will be this will be shorter um but if you want to hear us just like have the time to sit down and really really dig deep into stuff um outside of our normal kind of podcasting bandwidth um throw two dollars at our patreon and you will get something like this every month uh you also get the stuff that i'm gonna cut out of this um <laughs> which was silly That's a higher tier. um <laughs> but yeah patreon.com i'm actually gonna double check right now what our url <laughs> is because i don't want to fuck it up i think it's uppercut crit but yeah 
I think it is too for brain consistency. Yes, it is. Okay. If they're listening so, to this, I think yeah. they already know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash uppercut crit. Throw us a couple bucks and yeah, you'll get stuff like this every month. And we're super excited for all the stuff that's going to come. And yeah, Jess, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me over on Twitter at Jessica. S-S-A-C-O-G-S. And Kayla. You can find me on Twitter at OA Kayla. And that's me. <laughs> and Chris. I am on twitter.com slash compenderizer. That is my home. And you can find me at CG and 8Rs. And of course, you can find Uppercut at Uppercut Crit on Instagram and Twitter, uppercutcrit.com. And one more time, patreon.com slash uppercutcrit.